Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Adam Castro. And my name is Andrew Castro. And you are listening to The Cast Bros. This is episode five. And uh, I just want to give a quick reminder to everybody um, that if you go into our show notes below, you don't have to just listen to this episode. You don't have to just hear our beautiful voices, but you can also see our beautiful faces by clicking on the watch this episode. So especially for this episode, we're going to be showing a video to you guys. Uh, you'll be able to see the visual and experience the audio all in one. So, um, Andrew, if, if not for us sharing a video, I honestly would not recommend, uh, having to stare at our ugly mugs for like an hour. Is that, is that how long our videos run about an, an hour, hour? Yeah. We're trying yeah. to get better at condensing the information because it's just so hard to contain our awesomeness, but we're trying but that's to, that's why we have, manageable. that's why we have the contents of, you can look to what part of the video you left off on. You can see what parts you want to watch and what parts you're okay with missing, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, I, I work really hard at listening to my own voice and Andrew, you know, my voice is okay, but listening to Andrew's voice again for another hour and a half to make sure that you've got chapter by chapter, topic by topic. Uh, so if you don't care about what energy drinks we like to uh, consume at the beginning of our episodes, you can totally skip all that and skip to the good stuff. Uh, it's all in the show notes below. So I just wanted, I, I haven't done that. I've been meaning to do that to let you guys know and there you go. You are now informed. Andrew, how are you doing? I am very tired because I, I think I've complained about this in another episode. We always do this in the middle of the night, uh, which is kind of why we have to have a caffeine drink at the beginning of every episode. Uh, also because we are very heavily caffeinated addicts. I'm always uh, caffeinated. I'm always, yeah, always caffeinated. It's, it's, uh, it's part of my DNA now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing all right. School is... Uh, Sucking, but that's normal. I'm ready to come home. I'm going to be going home for Halloween. Very excited about that. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for you to come home. You know, I'm no, sure you there's... You're, you're always I'm... excited for me to be in California, even though I t told you many times that I hate California. There's no that's reason okay. for me to go back. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting to hate it just as much as you. I'm Thank sure you. there's someone else who's excited for you to come back to... I'm going to be seeing her on Halloween. I'm going to be spending Halloween at her place uh, for the majority of the night. I don't know if we're going to give out candy. Uh, I'm going to try to use my uh, werewolf costume for my senior year of high school. And I forgot. Which basically she... just means that Andrew has to wear a mask because uh, yes, he, he's, he's got mask. the hairy arms and legs all, all down. Whatever. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No, that's good. It's, I mean, it's always good to have you have you home. We, uh, we like to jam out to some music, hang out, play video games. Um, it's, it's a good time whenever Andrew's around. But all those activities may be limited, but that'll come up later in the episode. Yeah, only three households. Yeah, only, only, uh, only a couple people. Anyways. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're not allowed to sing. We're allowed to, to, to sing quietly whisper. as though yeah. it's less than a normal talking voice, which Hear makes absolutely no sense. in the dark. Whispers <laughs> <in> <laughs> So, um, so today, uh, oh yeah, what are we drinking? I don't know if this is new for everyone, but this came out just this last June. Uh, this is the first time I've been seeing it. They had it at my school. Uh, they start. They sell. They sell everything in packs now. I can buy a case of soda at my at my school now, and a case of Bangs if I want to. Mm. So today I have the Bang Radical Skedaddle. Skedaddle. This came out this June. I don't know how many people have actually seen it before. I don't know if I'm late to the party, but this is the first time I'm seeing it. I'm very interested to see what it tastes like. 
My roommate has already tried it, and he agrees with me. A lot of these just taste like the color red, just variations of the color red, whether it's watermelon, strawberry, uh, cherry. It's just, well, you know what I mean. I, well, I mean, okay, fruit punch, right? Fruit punch. It's a staple kind of uh, flavor, right? But there's a whole bunch of fruits out there, and there's a whole bunch of different punches out there. Is it more cherry? Is it more you know, raspberry? Is it more blueberry? Is it a jab? Is it an uppercut? Is it a hook? You know, it, we, fruit punch doesn't mean anything. So you're right. It could just be lots of different variations of the same flavor. Uh, so I, I can understand that, but we're about to hear it right now. What, what does it taste like? Ooh, that, that's an expression. Uh all right it tastes like okay you know nerds i know nerds yeah it tastes I'm looking like at one pink, looking at one right now it tastes like pink nerds the <laughs> the willy wonka nerds that's what it tastes okay, like okay okay all right i should really like it because it's, it's 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 got a kick to it there you go all right i am myself drinking i think this is the same energy drink i was drinking last time we've got the america energy with the eagle that looks like it's about to you know, headbutt you in the face, and then uh, red, white, and boom! Rock pop flavor. Liberty. Liberty flavor. Now, that's not the only energy drink I have today, though, because I was doubling up. I actually wanted to share this one because of the very fact that I actually thought I did drink that energy drink before. I didn't want to completely drink the other energy drink and then not have a different one to show, so I ended up drinking both of them at the same time so that I'd have both of them left over half left over so this is the one that i'm introducing today dun 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 it is bucked up energy also rocket pop flavor see i told him cuz we did this and we did this in pre edit that if he was going to do that i wouldn't do this podcast with him anymore I'm not okay with this. It's really good. It's it's actually the. In case the, anyone wonders why he's always has more energy than I do, that's why. The, this that's is why. a lot of caffeine. It's got beta alanine in it, which also gives you the tingly sensation. So I'm going to be feeling the tingles uh, during this podcast, which is going to be awesome. Um, it's got teacrine, which means that it's long lasting caffeine, which is not good for me because it's 9 p.m. right now. Um, yeah, so. I'm good to go, man. I'm good. I'm ready to start talking about some topics. Um, so first we wanted to pull up music because uh, not necessarily that anything new has been coming out, but just uh, we've been revisiting some old stuff. I actually was brought back to music I haven't heard in years, including Manifest and uh, Old Cutlass. And by Old Cutlass, I mean, I mean uh, Hearts of the Innocent. That was one of my favorite albums from Cutlass because that was uh, before they started going deep into worship music and they were just Christian rock. And that, that's what me and Adam grew up with. That's what we would listen to together. And that was the beginning of uh, us going to concerts together, us listening to music together, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? We are going to go ahead and give you a little bit of a taste of what that sounds like uh, right off the bat, just so we get some context. Uh, some people honestly don't know what it means 
to what what like Christian music is, like Christian rock specifically, because I'm sure they've gone to a church and they've heard, you know, like here I am to worship. It's been, it's been tainted here by Hillsong and and Hillsong, you know. <laughs> Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. We want to be very clear here. This is not worship music. This is rock. Right. That glorifies God. And there's a distinct difference. The intent is, uh, well, and I don't even think that a lot of the music is specifically to worship God or to glorify God, but it is speaking on, yeah. on uh, biblical things. I think that is what we can define as Christian specific music is that it's music that speaks about specifically biblical things. Uh, because, I mean, is, what's a good, what's a good song that... That is uh, like is like run, you know, why do you run? Why do you hide? Oh, don't you know? I just want to be with you. It's talking from God's perspe perspective. It's not really a worship song, but it's it's more of a just a biblical song. This is what God is trying to tell you, you know. Um, anyways, we're going to introduce you to a song that we both really love. Um, it's called Hearts of the Innocent from Cutlass's album, Hearts of the Innocent. You're going to notice right off the bat that it sounds a lot like Breaking Benjamin's song, Topless, and I assure you, it is not the same song. Uh, <laughs> but you may... You could say that about a lot of, a lot of our music. Uh, it sounds like Breaking Benjamin. It sounds like uh, Rage Against the Machine. It sounds like other worldly artists, but it's... Yeah. Trust us. It's not. Yeah. It's, you know, inspiration is definitely there, but it's not the same. Okay. Here we go. This is... If I can get this going, let me see, okay. This is Hearts of the Innocent. We got the live version too for all of you at home that haven't gone to a concert. <laughs> and probably won't because of COVID. <laughs> I hope all those people in the crowd are wearing masks. If anyone who thinks that dropping banner was a safety hazard, it is. Getting a whole crowd to clap on, like, in sync is really hard to do because everybody ends up clapping all over the place. <laughs> You, you always get those people that are like, flat, flat, flat. Oh man, I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you were ever in a concert, a Cutlass concert, where you like you knew this song, but when he's like knuckles too, like everybody's fists were up, man. Oh. Bring back yeah, no, a lot of Not when I knew this, because that was that was preteens. Oh, drummer's rocking a Stellar Cart shirt. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I 
feel bad for all the people watching this in the video, watching our stupid face at Bob the entire time. I know, yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. We're experiencing this with you. We have, I actually haven't heard the whole song in a while. It's so cool to see this. I just got to say, too, John Micah, the singer, is extremely fit. And I've always envied how fit he looks on stage. <laughs> Isn't that one of the reasons you started working out? You want to be able to lift your arm and have that definition in your bicep. You guys got that? I think I think we can count John Micah. I have to actually say I really appreciate how simple this song is. You know, like it's not difficult. It's not hard to play. It's not hard to sing along to. It's not hard to understand. Like this is a very simple song. You taught me how to play the guitar part on this a while ago. Oh yeah, I got right. it by now. But yeah, you taught me how to play this. That says a lot because I barely know. Gosh, it's been so long, man. We need a concert. See, see yeah. that reminds me of, I think it was, I forgot which birthday it was, but it was one of your high school birthday parties where you were playing uh, up on our our backyard balcony. Uh-huh. Uh, we, had a, we had a big balcony uh, and, and there was steps going and it was just elevated above our backyard. And uh, I used that as a place to... Uh, do little backyard concerts i had maybe four maybe like four backyard concerts and they were all for like my birthday or whatever like <laughs> i'd invite people over for my birthday to watch me play <laughs> and there'd be like six people on the bottom portion and then your family and that was <laughs> yeah it's kind of lame you know but i've got yeah. cool videos you know of me playing some covers of song it's it's good to look back and just kind of see the evolution of of uh how everything went down musically for all that. I do miss playing live, especially since the older you get, the less down people are to to jam with you and stuff, and the more life gets in the way and everything. But those were good times. Those were fun. Um, yeah, no, dude, we need we need a concert so bad. But uh, that is pretty much Christian rock in a nutshell. I want to say really simple stuff for the most part. Um. And obviously, there's way more complicated songs. There's way more skillful songs. There's way more in-depth lyrics and everything. But Cutlass was, I think, one of the foundational bands that a lot of other Christian bands kind of built upon. Um, they had great, great shows, great music, great messages in each of their songs. They did a great job of connecting with their audience and connecting with the people who listened to them. And all of their songs had some sort of biblical message um, that that really did a great job of speaking to a lot of people. Just people could identify with those messages. Um, what was the other song you said that you were you were listening to? Uh, 
I forgot if it's shut me up or shut me out. I think it's, it's, sh- it's the shut second, me out. Yeah, it's yeah. the same album. Yeah, but yeah. That 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 is what uh, a lot of other uh, Christian rock bands did. It wasn't about, uh, or it was about uh, relating uh, what the times were, what the music was, with a positive message, with a godly message, and that's how we got uh, Skillet talking about drugs, talking about uh, comatose, co- talking about how all of these things that are a part of adolescent youth that are a part of everyday life that are struggles yeah. god is still greater Com- and- comatose that album and that song the lyrics say like i don't want to live i don't want to breathe unless i feel you next to me it's kind of like this theme of there's so many things that are making me not feel alive not feel like life is worth living um and there there are and not feel like there's any hope and yet God has given me that hope. God gives me that strength. God gives me that rebirthing. God is better than drugs. It's better than cutting, cutting myself, giving myself pain. Um, a lot of the messages in those songs were geared towards, towards issues and real situations that kids were going through. And I think, I feel like kids are still going through right now. Um, honestly, I feel like the Christian music industry is leaving those kids behind. Um, because, because they're they still struggling. With, they yeah. stayed with the people that they were originally singing to, but now the new set of people are coming in and they don't have as many uh, sources to get that from. Yeah, they don't um, have the people giving, directing those messages to them because we had songs like Whispers in the Dark, even when things are bad, even when the times are darkest, I will light the way, I'll be there with you. Uh, last night, last night you'll spend alone because... Christ will always be with you, even in even in the times you feel alone, even t- in the times you feel left alone by the world. God is still there, and the the very uh, intricate uh, uh, themes that are in those songs that were directed to adolescents, that were directed to uh, people who were abusing drugs, people who were abusing alcohol, people who were uh, hurting themselves. Those were centered towards them. They were out. That was outreach to the people who would listen to the music but wouldn't get that message. And now they had both. And it needs to to change with the times in order for people, the adolescents now to get that message. Well, and, and um, I think that other artists have picked that up and not so much in the rock scene. So like NF, NF does a great Mm -hmm. job of connecting with kids who are dealing with depression or dealing with suicide or dealing with low self-esteem because those are things that he has struggled with or is struggling with. He shares his own journey. Um, and when I went back and looked at, um, at, uh, juice world, juice world has a lot of songs that talk about, um, struggling with, um, depression and struggling with wanting to commit suicide and not wanting to live. He's not a Christian artist and he's, he's passed away. Um, but when you listen to a lot of his music, he, he speaks about those things and he actually speaks about them very well. I thought, I thought that that last album of songs that, that um, other people put together for him was a great, um, was a, was a great look at how he wrote music and how, um, how he was dealing with the issues that he was dealing with. But when he communicated how he was going through his own depression, he said that he went to drugs, that he went to pills, that he went to women, that he went to those things. And a lot of people in the secular world, when they sing these songs and they say they struggle with depression, they, they say that I am still going to the pills. I'm still going to the bottle. I'm still going to the girls. 
um, I find myself in these situations I don't want to be in. There's no hope. There's no there's no repentance. There's no turning or changing and, and uh, getting to a better place. And I think that that is something that Christian bands speak a, used to speak a lot more on uh, because that is exactly what they were able to do through Christ, through through the church, through people around them, keeping them accountable through that journey of sanctification. That is what they were singing about. They were singing about being saved from their past and saved from that depression, saved from that those suicidal thoughts. Um, and those are those are just messages that I don't hear as much anymore. Maybe maybe I'm just just not listening to the right bands or whatever. But in the simple music, in the simple rock, I just don't see it there as much. You know, not anywhere near as much as we did when we were growing up. Yeah. So like, and even like, you know, uh, what, what was what was one of the bands you said you were listening to recently? The one of the other bands, Manifest. Uh, yeah, Manifest and Manic Drive. So so Ma- Manifest. I actually only know about Manifest. He's like. Um, it's hip hop. It's yeah, I guess it's hip hop. It's I mean it's rock hip hop. Um, because because they they ended up adding in a lot more rock as they went along. Um, breakdowns, you know, a little bit a little bit of harder music stuff. But the only reason I know about him is because of Trevor McNeven from Thousand Foot Crutch. He uh, co-writes and guest sings on a lot of Manifest songs. Fire in the Kitchen. I did not know that. Um, he guest sings in Impossible. I don't know if you heard that song, um, but. Those, like uh today i was listening to bounce four three two one and uh every time you run okay so like yeah every time you run uh trevor mcneven is in that song uh every time you run every time you uh hide your face you know i'm never that far away like these songs that are talking about um not wanting to show your face not wanting to expose who you really are Impossible. And in that song in particular, he's talking about drug abuse. He's talking about mm-hmm. uh, alcohol abuse and how he hates the life that he's creating for himself. And that if he could just uh, bring into that mindset, he says, uh, if I uh, remember the song, my song used to be in church, um, I'd sing it if I could remember the words. And yeah, yeah. If, he, if he could bring himself to remember those things that were taught to him about God, about Christ, all those things that could bring him out of it, he would take that route. He would accept Christ. Yeah. And, and Im- impossible. Uh, he says, it seems impossible for me to let this go. I feel like an animal and I'm ready to lose control. I'm tired. I'm so tired of walking through this fire. If you want to find me, I'll be here in my room. Um, talking about how, how uh, he's there, that how he's uh, having some sort of substance abuse or some sort of abuse, self-abuse. Um, and it seems impossible to let those things go to, to let those things go. And yet through Christ, he's able to, to, um, let it go. It seems impossible. It's not impossible though. Um, and that's the, that's the message of the song is that it, it's not actually impossible. You can do it. So all of these messages that are speaking to the youth of, of, uh, throw back the early two thousand, the youth of the nation, uh, <laughs> it's another band. Um, I don't actually know if you know that band POD. You know, you know POD, right? Oh, our older audience just was like, "Oh, how do you not know about POD?" So I'm 20 we'll, years old. Leave me alone. Yeah, we'll have to go through that song. But they're like, um, they're a more known Christian rock band just because they were they were a little more mainstream. They have like they had like two or three songs that were really mainstream, 
and uh, so a lot of the mainstream people knew about him. It took anyways. me years to realize that MXPX was considered a Christian band. It took me yeah. forever to realize that. It's another mainstream band, really good band too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I really wish that um, that Christian music would speak to more biblical things and more things that the youth are struggling with. I, I mean. I don't see anything wrong with speaking to uh, marriages or speaking to the world or speaking to other things. Like, of course, like, let's speak about everything. Let's let's put everything on the table and write about it. But music and how kids are listening to music, the influence that music has has on kids right now is so profound that I think that's really where the focus needs to be is is on on the youth. So I don't care if music is cheesy. I don't care if it's, you know, cliche. I don't care if it's whatever, if it's predictable or anything. Like, I really want um, Christian music to get back to um, being simple and being um, accessible to different, you know, different ages, but especially our youth, you know. And this touches on kind of what we talked about in an earlier episode where, and this is the difference between uh, how I view Christian rock versus worship music how we prefer worship music that are calls to action that tell the church, okay, here are the things that are wrong. Do something about it. Here are the things that are some, something wrong in the world. Do something about it. And this is why we love Christian rock because not only are they saying do something about it, but uh, relating it to the people who may not ever get this message because it's one thing to preach to people who are already going to church. It's one thing to talk to those who have already heard the message or want to dive deeper into it, but it's a completely different thing to take. Here's something that we can relate to the people who have never heard of Christ, the people who have never heard of these ideals, the people who have never uh, been exposed to this. Not only are we going to tell them, okay, we know you exist. We can relate to you. We've been through the same things. Here's how you change that. Mm -hmm. And here's how we all move forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, that's one of the things that I feel like worship bands and the worship music industry, you know, it sucks to say that there is a worship music industry, but there's a worship music industry. Um, that one of the things that really sucks is that they box themselves into only singing about mountains and waterfalls and, uh, mountains and waterfalls and, and, and valleys and stars and you know all, all these figurative things which is great you know I, I think that we should use the things that god has created as metaphors of course um but christian music has gotten really predictable really cheesy really simple and i and if you look back at hymns um hymns are are a lot more complicated they are stories like they're literal stories in a song um and there's bands like King's Kaleidoscope. I don't know if you've ever heard of King's Kaleidoscope, but there's bands like King's Kaleidoscope, mm-hmm. which do a great job of um, of creating songs of worship that are not just cliche. They're not just um, the same line over and over and over and over and over and over again for for eight minutes on end with all the reverb and synth and good, ah. good father. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> but. It, it's it it does suck, but you know we we need to remember that our lives are a part of worship. Our journeys are a part of that worship. Um, Brandon Heath, Brandon Heath is the one who uh, wrote the song. Oh, Open your song. eyes for just one second. Give Open me your eyes. eyes. Oh, sorry. Yeah, give me your eyes. Um, love that song. 
And like that song literally has life situations in that song. One of the one of the reasons why that song is so catchy and why that song is so impactful. If you haven't heard that song, uh, go listen to that song. It's called Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Okay. Um, in the song, it talks about life situations that people are in and it puts you in their shoes so that you feel what they might actually be feeling. And it's so powerful. It's so impactful um, that you, you really feel those emotions. You feel the worship when you start to, to ask God to give me your eyes, give me your eyes so that I can see the things that you see. Like that is deep. That is, that is an amazing worship song. That's something I want to specifically, he says to, to see the people the way that you've seen them all along, because throughout the song, he talks at the beginning of the song, he says, uh, I'm above the city. I can see everything, but if you think about it, when we go, when we walk through life, we see passersby. We don't look at them for who they are, what they're going through. And then he says, uh, I see, uh, there's a man just to my right, black suit and a bright red tie, too ashamed to tell his wife that he's out of work, he's biding time. So the, seeing, them, seeing him for the issues that he's going through, his personal life, give me your eyes so that I can see people as more than just someone walking on the street. I can see them for who they are, and a even, person, and a person that struggles, even, a person with feelings. Yeah, even admitting uh, all these people going somewhere, going nowhere, either one, uh, why, why have, have I, I never, never cared? cared? Well, yeah, we both like, why have I never cared? And how many times have you gone through life not caring about the things that the person next to you has been going through? Um, that is not Christ-like, you know? How many times are you just like, I'm dealing with enough crap right now. Excuse my language. I'm dealing with enough stuff right now. Uh, dealing with, with all the stuff. That's the worst word plate. we've used on this podcast yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, dealing with so much stuff right now. Dealing with family and school and work and these difficult people in my life and all these things that have happened to me. My car is the way that it is. My this and that. You know, uh, and, and you're so tunnel vision that you don't look at the people around you and look at how what they're going through, what hardships they're going through, what things that uh, God is is taking them through and testing them with or leading them to the end of, you know, Um, we need to be considerate of those things. And that song does a great job of helping us to realize those things. Matthew West also writes a lot of really good songs like that. Matthew Matthew West wrote uh, going through the motions. I think it's just called motions, but I don't want to go through the motions. Um, How does the song go? Do you remember? Um, uh, not that part now. Okay. It's basically just a song about not wanting to go through the motions of just singing these songs and going to church and do like, I actually want to live for you. Um, what other song does he, um, does he sing? He, he does another one. It's been a while since I've listened to Matthew West. Yeah. But he's, a, he's another good Christian artist, uh, who writes great songs like that. Like those are great worship songs because they actually make you, um, see things that you're not already seeing how many how many different ways are you going to throw together god is great great are you god god thou art great you know and and he is is greater my god is greater great is our god you know our god our god you know like how many times can you throw those different words together um you know you make all things work together for our good all things work together for our good um our good all things work together you know like i how many times can you start jumbling up these words before you're just like, wait, can we just, can we sing about something else? Can we actually sing about how he's actually great? Like how he's been great in my life? 
how he's actually worked out all those things for good. Like, let's sing about that rather than just stating it over and over and over again. Um, and then even, oh gosh, you know what I can't stand about worship music? When it makes me say things that aren't true. There's a song called Every Day, and it, and it, uh, the words say, Every day, it's you I live for. Every day, I follow after you. Every day, I'll follow you, my Lord. Um, we're at the bridge. It says, it's you I live for every day. It's you I live for every day. It's you I live for every day. Sing it over and over and over again. Again, jumbling up words together. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, honestly, if I were, if I were to tell you and you were to ask me point blank, Hey, do you live for God every single day? I don't think I would be able to say yes. Every single day. I don't think day, anyone can. Yeah. I like, if you, if you point blank asked me, are you living for God today? I, I would probably have to look back at the hours of the day and say, you know what? I definitely fell short today. You know what? I didn't pick up my Bible and read it today. You know what? I didn't even, I didn't even give God a thought today. Um, there's plenty of days like that. And I'm, completely ashamed of all those days because every day I should be living after God every day. I should be following after him. It's, it's him. I want to live for every day and I want to do that. Um, but, uh, I don't end up, I don't end up doing that every day. But so anyone who understands the Christian faith knows that everyone sins yes. and it's not a matter of, well, how can I stop sinning? It's a matter of how can I sin less or how can I attempt not to, and that's why that's why it's disingenuous to say that we live for God every single day, all day, every day, because we still sin. And in that sin, we're not living for God. And that's why it's, it, it would be more honest to say, I want to, I should. I, that is where my path is leading me. That is where I want to go. But while still understanding, we can never be perfect. Yeah. There's only ever one perfect person in this entire world, and we pin him to a cross. Yeah. Uh, so to, to, to see those words in worship songs and to be a worship leader and to like, I don't, I don't play that song ever anymore. If I'm leading worship, I don't ever lead that lead with that song anymore. He's very and I know about what songs we use. I am. I really do. I, I have, I, I overthink it and I know, I absolutely know that. And there's worship leaders who do lead with that song and have their own reasons why. And that's totally fine. I think we all have to have to do what we're convicted to do or not do what we're convicted to, to not do. You know, like that's perfectly fine. No, no shame to, to worship leaders who sing that song because it's still a great encouraging song. Um, but just for me, like I can't in good conscience sing those words when I know they're not true, um, for myself and, and for other people, I don't feel like it's, it's genuine and, and holds integrity to encourage people to, um, to sing. It is you, I live for every day. And then it not end up being true. So to see those things play out in worship songs all the time in a bunch of different songs, I just I'll give you it's... all my worship. I'll give you all my praise when we do idolize or we do uh, uh, commit idolatry with our phones, with our televisions, yeah. with our daily lives. How, There's how so many, many songs like that. How many of you worship the Lakers this this last week over Christ? How many of you are worshiping the Dodgers this week over Christ? You're you're more willing to go to a Dodger party or go outside in the crowd for Lakers rather than go to church. You know, um, that's. Uh, that that's real. That's real. How, how many of you are worshiping money more than God? 
And, you know, how, how much, how many uh, of you are worshiping your bodies more than God? You know, that those are, those are things that we can struggle with every single day. And sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. Um, so it's the ongoing battle of being a Christian. We are always going to struggle with sin being present in our lives, but it is the will to want to be better, to want, as Andrew said, to sin less. We will never be sinless, but we will be able to sin less day by day as we work at these things to be sanctified and, and practice thinking about God, practice reading our Bible, practice doing these things that help us to glorify God more. And we go through the valleys. We go through the times of, of being distant from God. We go through the times of feeling close to God, but ultimately we are in that relationship with God, committed to working through those things, even though we know it will never be perfect until the day that we die and we, we are joined with God in heaven. So um, this is a parallel that I made a long time ago about how uh, the Israelites are portrayed in the Bible of God being with them, them being prosperous, and then them forgetting about God or not uh, worshiping him the way that he instructed their lives going to crap. And then them calling for God again to save them. And that's, I think a lot of people do that in their regular lives on, on a regular basis of, well, God's in my life right now. So things are going good. Now that things are going good, I'm going to rely on my own strength. I'm going to rely on my own understanding. And then my life goes to crap. All of a sudden I need God again. You need God all the time. Yeah. And that is especially in the bad situations, but you do need God all the time. We need to be constant in that. Yeah. Thankfully, thankfully, God is even more faithful than uh, the GPS on our phone so that when we go out driving and we're like, no, 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 I got this. I don't need to. I don't need the GPS to tell me where to go. And then you end up taking a wrong turn. And then guess what? You're like, you turn on that GPS and the GPS doesn't say, why didn't you? Why didn't you come to me before you uh, started driving? Huh? Well, now you're in a dead <laughs> zone. So good luck with that. <laughs> Recomputing. <laughs> it ge it gives you the path back on to get you back on track. Uh and I think that's exactly what God does um for us and even more so. He he gives us the tools that we need to get back on track. That doesn't mean there's not consequences. Um it doesn't mean that sometimes that we we are going to end up having a longer trip or we don't get to see the sights that we should have been seeing. But uh yeah, that is the that is the journey of being a sinner. Uh but in a relationship with Christ. Whew. So Christian rock. Uh, <laughs> well, obviously, obviously we've said this again, multiple times. We're very passionate about our faith. We're very passionate mm -hmm. about music. So when we talk about Christian music, it, it's, it's going to get long. But see that like, okay. But and that, and honestly, that is, I think why we enjoy Christian rock a lot because it, it takes those life situations, those things, those getting off track, those lessons you learn when you get off track and the, the desire to get back on track, you know, and, and what it looks like to get back on track and then being on that straight, straight and narrow, you know, the difficult road, the long and lonely road as Huck Nelson puts it, uh, you know, that that's, that is what Christian rock is, but to rock music, you know, Christian rock at its, at its roots is real emotion, real situations, real corrections and, and getting off of the path and getting back on the path and putting, putting, um, putting music to it, putting lyrical words and music to it. 
at the same time. And I think it's, it's been some of the best things to happen to the music industry. And I wish more people would listen to it. <laughs> we can, we can keep pushing, but quite frankly, they're, they're not as uh, mainstream as they used to be. Well, we'll see. I think 2021 is going to be an interesting year. I think 2021 for music is going to be a reset. I think, I think 2021, uh, even keep saying uh, that, but I'm waiting for that to actually happen. You're, you're, I, I mean, under oath is in the studio. They're going to be coming out with new music. I think Amberlynn is going to come out with new music. Obviously some bands like TFK are probably working on new music. Cutlass is working on new music. I heard attack attack. I don't know if you ever heard of that band, but they're coming back with some, some, uh, new music. I am empires coming back with new music. Like there's so many groups that were gone that are coming back. Um, and I, and I, I just think that we're going to get a awesome reset of brand new, passionate music this has been a passionate year in any way you look at it whether whether it's been because of politics or because of the lockdowns or because of um deaths uh happening in the country or whatever like any way you look at it this has been a very passionate year and i think that passion will bleed into the music and uh give us something good to listen to i absolutely my, hope you're right at the my, very least i hope that we get more from the bands that we love from before. Yeah. My my uh, laptop is dying real quick, so I'm going to grab my charger. Do you want to take us into the next topic of uh, the season that we're, that we're going in into? <laughs> so one of the topics that we wanted to talk about uh, this episode was horror movies. And that's, uh, that's to do with Halloween coming up. Uh, one of our favorite aspects of Halloween is the, not necessarily the scary parts, but the spooky, the, the themes of it. Um, I, our parents only recently, uh, and by recently, I mean, when I was 17 started allowing us to watch horror movies together. I don't know what Adam watched beforehand, but, um, my earliest exposure to horror movies was Friday the 13th, uh, saw, and that's an interesting story. That, this is what I want to start with me and my buddies, uh, <laughs> I and, just have to say, I just have to say we're, we're going through the saws right now. And I was totally thinking of I was totally thinking of that night. What what Andrew's about so, to say? <laughs> so uh, 2017, and, and this is this is why this is another reason why it relates to Halloween. Um, I'm with my buddies uh, on Halloween, and I ask, "Hey, let's watch a horror movie. Let's watch a really scary movie. You want to know the first thing that my friends, all at least two years older than me, decided to watch? Coraline. They thought that was a horror movie. I didn't know that." And uh, I was like, no, we need to watch like a really scary movie. And then one of my fr friends suggested Get Out. At that point, Get Out had been overplayed so much. I wouldn't consider it a horror movie, maybe a thriller, but not a horror movie. Uh, Jordan Peele is an amazing uh, writer. But at the same time, I mean, there's only so many times you can watch it. The first time it was like, wow. Second and third time. But uh, so, yeah, I, I felt really bummed about that. So the next time all my buddies came over and spent the night, I was like, no, you guys owe me from Halloween. We need to watch an actually scary movie. And I didn't know anything about the Saw franchise other than someone got their leg cut off or something like that. So uh, we put on the first Saw movie. At this time, I think we're about uh, half an hour into the movie and Adam comes home. We're watching it we're like oh my gosh we're getting inside this guy's head it's crazy he's a maniac all this other stuff 
my brother comes home. He's like, hey, why don't we have a saw marathon? It was like nine o'clock at night. Yeah, I don't. We were okay. all already tired when we started the first movie. Well, real quick, real quick. Background, background. Okay. I had seen all the saws maybe a year or two before that because saw was big when I was growing up. But as Andrew also experienced, I wasn't allowed to watch scary movies growing up. So I missed the saw train. I missed saw and insidious and a bunch of other stuff. So I never really got into it. Um, as I got but older, I really want. I really want to get into that franchise. I yeah, watched too. the Nun. I want to watch all of them in order, but there's so many that I just can't access right now. Yeah, well, and the reason why Saw was actually accessible is because Jigsaw was coming out in 2017. So and because Netflix Jigsaw, had every single movie yeah, ready to go. Yeah, Netflix literally had every single Saw movie available for for us to watch. And I had already gone through it beforehand with Jaylene because she had uh, had seen them. And so she wanted to introduce them to me. Um, we watched them all. I loved it. So I had this like I had this like background knowledge of all the movies. So I knew that there were seven movies and I don't think they realized that there were seven movies. But um, yeah, they, they're watching Saw One. Or I think it may have been one or two when I walked in. No, I, it was and, one when you walked in because we were not thinking of watching more than just one. So, so he comes yeah, in so and like, tells hey, everybody, we should, totally, "We should totally do a saw marathon. Let's do it. Let's do it, guys. Come on!" Um, so we end up watching them from start to finish in one night. Yep. And 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 I don't I don't mean lightly. We watched all of them. Took a half hour nap. Watched two more, and then went to church the next morning. <laughs> uh, and that like we finished them before we left. We watched every single movie, and the problem with watching all of the Saw movies on no sleep in the middle of the night is by Saw 3 or 4, I'm like, I kind of get where this guy's going. I kind of understand why he's doing this to these people, (laughs) and that's dangerous in and of itself, but then by Saw 6, I'm like, no, okay, all of this would be perfectly fine if his students listened to him for once. (laughs) <laughs> because like you, you, okay so you find out later on that you, you some start of the traps cha- you, you start changing your thinking from like like uh from like saw one or two like how could they put him in there and how could they do that to saw three where he's like all he had to do was uh was take himself out from the chains that's all he had to do that's it well, there's just one thing he, he was given clear instructions if he just done what he was told he'd be perfectly fine right. and then like when the ones that are unwinnable that's because his students are being jerks there was like they it wasn't it was never okay i can't say it was never for him because some of his traps were like that but most of the traps that were unwinnable were made by his students and perpetuated by his students not him so it was their fault that they were unwinnable right so so we watched it all we watched them all that night and it really did feel like a marathon i think one of your friends ended up uh passing out and and uh not making it all the way through but that's uh, when we decided to take like an hour nap or whatever and then finish watching them. We woke everybody up to finish it. Yeah. There was a lot of popcorn. And I think the next day you and I went to go see Jigsaw, the newest movie in the, in the franchise. Yeah. So, Oh gosh, that was, that was great. (laughs) So disappointing. Jigsaw. Jigsaw was not as good as I thought it should have been. Especially after watching all the others, especially after watching all the other ones, because it didn't, it didn't tie up anything. It didn't tie up any loose ends because at the end of uh, number it was six or seven. I forgot which one comes before Jigsaw. I think it's seven. Um, 
that you see that there's more disciples you see that there's more people in the pig masks yeah. you see the doctor from the first from the first movie and you're like what the heck what yeah. are they gonna do with this and you think it's gonna get answered in jigsaw nope yeah, not sorry, even a little bit spoiler alert sorry uh we don't we don't need to repeat what we just said but um but they're at the very end of the saw movies you do learn that there were still other people involved and um so so there's at least three people involved there's at least three other people and you find out who one of them may have been in jigsaw and there's still two other people there's still two more pigs there's still two mm -hmm. other people that it could have been so um but guess what andrew i don't know if you knew this I don't know if you knew that. I just learned that this this week, but Chris Rock is making another Saw movie. I heard about that a while ago. Okay. Uh, but like nothing was set in stone when I heard it. So so the, the trailer is already out, so I'll send it to you. But Chris Rock is making uh, a movie called Spiral. So the little the little spirals on the on the um, on the puppet's mm -hmm. cheeks. Um, that's basically what the theme is going to be for the movie, and it's and it's called Spiral from the Book of Saw, and it's basically going to follow the same kind of uh, the same kind of premise. So I'm excited for that. I don't know. How I want to know writer... what that contraption was on the end of Jigsaw, where it was like a box with a bunch of saws in it. I want to know what that's for. Oh, I don't know. If that doesn't answer that good... question, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> I doubt it will. It's a, it's going to be a completely different storyline. I heard I heard that Chris Rock came to Lionsgate with a pitch, and they let him write and produce it, and he's acting in it. So I don't know how good of a writer Chris Rock is, but um, I'm still I'm still looking forward to it. That that was a great series, and I'm excited to see more of it. We talked about Five Nights at Freddy's last time, so we're excited for that too. Um, are there any other horror movies that you enjoyed watching growing up? Uh, grow not growing up. We weren't allowed to, but uh, oh come on! Uh, you didn't sneak in some Final Fan, uh, Final uh, Destination uh, movies. No, the only exposure I had before, uh, before I was seventeen was we were in Las Vegas in our uh, parents' timeshare at the time, and they had to go do that thing. Uh, the first night or the first morning, they go to like a breakfast for the timeshare owners, and it's they try to sell you more shares. And our parents never buy more shares. So they, they left for that morning and they left the TV on. I didn't know how to change the channel at the time. Like I, I couldn't find the remote or whatever. And Friday the 13th was on. Oh, and it was a right. movie marathon. Oh, I remember and that. it went on for like, uh, what, six hours? And I watched Friday the, thir the 13th part one, part two, and Freddy vs. Jason. Mm -hmm. And uh, I told me that. yeah, and it was just like, okay, this is on. This is interesting. I'm not scared, but I feel like I should change the channel. <laughs> like to the guy from Screen Rant. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is he doing? Oh gosh. Those I haven't. I can't say I've really seen any of the Jason or Freddy's. I think uh, I think I've seen parts of a bunch of them, but I haven't actually seen any full movie or i think i saw like youtube videos of freddy versus jason and like I've, I've seen bits and pieces of them all but not really all of them um i've, I've also seen uh nightmare on elm street the first the first freddy movie and freddy versus jason all the way through mm -hmm. it's interesting they bend the rules a lot just so that they can have that movie make sense and it doesn't uh-huh 
and that this the, the, I think it was because people really wanted to see oh them to fight and then kind of throw away the whole horror aspect of it. Yeah. Or throw away the the rules associated with the characters just so they could have that fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've seen we've seen worse pairs up, right? We've seen uh Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers together. We've seen gosh. What else? Uh yeah, uh, there's there's worse pairings out there. So you know you know what I wish they would remake and and do, I wish they would remake Gremlins. I oh, think no. we need a 2021 Gremlins movie, which is okay, not okay. But based a... on the first Gremlins, because the second Gremlins was a joke. Uh, all those all those different types of Gremlins. Yeah, no, that was a joke. But uh, that movie gave me nightmares as a child to the point where it ruined the song. Uh, do you hear what I hear? It ruined that song for me for my entire life mm-hmm. because of that movie. When the, when the mom's going through the house and there's gremlins all around and she doesn't see them and it's the song playing in the background. Yeah. Did it ruin Furbies for you too? Do you know what a Furby is? I know what a Furby is only because you had one and that's it. Hey, we don't disclose those things. <laughs> yes. I had a Furby. See the, Back when okay, Furbies you know, were a thing. <laughs> you know what ruined Furby for me? Uh, I think it's called uh, Mama's Home. Um, Markiplier did a uh, playthrough of a game called, I think, I think it's called Mama's Home, where it's little baby Furby things, and you have to keep it entertained and alive, or else the Furby's mom comes and kills you. Ooh. Ouch. Well, the Mogwai in the Gremlins movie, the, basically a Furby. Um, I, I think we need a remake of that movie. I think it actually needs to be scary too, because that was like that that they they did not good things to that movie, trying to make it like funny. I don't, and I think that they could have made it scarier and not as funny. Wasn't it like a, a WB movie though? Too wasn't it like a, a? I don't remember. I also don't remember actually thinking about it. Did anyone actually die in that movie? Because I remember yes. people getting attacked. I don't remember there being any mortal injuries. Yes, people did die. Um, yes, people did die. But um, it was it was just a kind of a comedy slash scary movie. It wasn't really scary, you know, maybe to you, but it wasn't. I was really a child. Scary. I was. It like just had five. a scary, just had a scary theme song. You know the da 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 da. da. <laughs> I, I I hope they do a remake of that. Oh, but one. it was a Christmas movie. It was a Christmas movie. Yeah, it took like, place during Christmas. Just like Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> just like Die Hard and Home Alone. <laughs> Die Hard. Well, Home Alone is a Christmas movie. Come on. I don't know about that. Especially the second one. Okay, the second one. Yeah, second one. And Donald Trump is in that movie. Perfect segue into the into <laughs> politics. <laughs> oh my gosh, we made a, a flawless transition into our politics section right there. No, because we wanted to talk about California first. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I, anyways, so, okay, we I can, still, so, we we can still do this. We can still do this. <laughs> Speaking of Halloween and other holidays, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, our our governor. Um, just made laws or rules about uh, who, how we can celebrate uh, this upcoming holiday season. Uh, yeah, some some of these how, how we can safely how we can safely celebrate our holiday season. So some of these guidelines guidelines are what they're calling them include uh, not having uh, three or more households, uh, regardless of familial re- relation. In right. one place, 
Right. Do you have the uh, list? You have to, Are you looking at them? I'm looking at the LA Times. I'm okay. looking at uh, they have they have it listed. So, um, so this is gatherings that include this is for Halloween. This is for most likely Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Uh, gatherings that include more than three households are prohibited. This includes everyone pleasant, present, uh, including hosts, guests. Remember, the smaller the number of people, the safer. Keep the households that you interact with stable over time. By spending time with the same people, risk of transmission is reduced. The host should collect names of all attendees and contact info in case, of, in case contact tracing is needed later. So, basically, our... Fr- uh, our family in our house, Adam and Jaylene's family, and then... Well, technically, uh, you're a household. Technically, you coming and visiting from school, you're technically a household. So you, you've, got, you've, got, <laughs> uh, you've got the parents, you've got us, you've got you, and then you've got Steve, like, no, no, our, it doesn't, it doesn't our brother count and his wife. It doesn't count because I'm in Arizona, so that I don't fall under those rules until I go back. <laughs> and when I go back, I stay with mom and dad, so ha. Okay, fine. You're part of the household, whatever. <laughs> um, but still, oh my, like, so, so what if grandparents want to come over? So what if, you know, cousins want to, co- you know, what if other gets, family wants to come who over? Who gets cut off of that guest list? Who, who gets axed because Governor Newsom says so? You. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, it's so it's so dumb. Oh, okay. What are did do you have the other rules on there too? Like eating? Yeah. So okay. what, tell uh, us tell us more of what's going to keep us safe, Andrew. Please. Uh, they they would they would say uh, that uh, gatherings have to occur outdoors. Uh, they are significantly safer than indoor gatherings, but all gatherings must be held outside. Attendees may go inside of homes to use restrooms as long as the restrooms are frequently sanitized which is unrealistic, especially for uh, family gatherings, especially yeah. those with small children. Our, if, if our nephews came over, I doubt, we'd, I doubt we would be like frantically cleaning everything in between, but whatever. Yeah, uh, I, I much prefer what uh, me and my household have done. Um, we, we actually are, are in an apartment complex, and so we gave in to the peer pressure of everyone around us who decorated for Halloween, and so we started putting out like different Halloween stuff. And instead of instead of constantly sanitizing our bathroom, what we've decided to do instead is to post a uh, post stickers on the door that say "Beware, enter at your own risk." <laughs> I think that's a much better uh, deterrent from uh, spreading spreading COVID nineteen. <laughs> and then it says that a gathering of no more than three households is permitted in a public park or outdoor space, even if unrelated gatherings of other groups up to three households are also occurring in the same park or other outdoor space. If multiple such gatherings are occurring, mixing between group gatherings is not allowed. Additionally, multiple gatherings of three households cannot be jointly organized or coordinated in order or, or to occur in the same public park or other outdoor space at the same time. This would constitute a gathering exceeding the permitted size. Now, the problem with that is how can they regulate that? See, let's, let's say can't. what happens. Let's say, let's say that uh, you, me, mom, and dad, Aaron and Lauren, we all go to Manzanita, and then John and Judy, uh, our cousins, because they've met before, uh, and some other family member, they all meet. They just happen to be at the same park because it's close to where John and Judy live because they're our neighbors. Here's the deal. Who's, who's going to be in charge of that? 
regulate it. And here's the deal. The police don't want to regulate it. No, they don't. They, they really won't. don't. At this point, they, they know that it. it's a joke. They know that it's a joke <laughs> and it's not going to help anybody. Uh, section three just talks about if you're at risk, don't do it. But I mean, let's be honest. Um, Look, it, it is whether, whether they mandate something or not, whether they mandate something or not, whether they're making, even if they make something a law or not, this whole, the whole uh, tiers that um, Governor Newsom and, and California have put in place for all of California, honestly, they are not, they're, they're not, um, what's, wow, they're not enforcing it. They're not enforcing it at all. Okay, I have a I have a client who lives across the street from an Airbnb, and he says like literally every single weekend, every single weekend they're having a party, and the neighbors have called the cops. They've they've made complaints to Airbnb. They did all this. They are not enforcing this stuff. It's yeah, literally just an encouragement for you to try to keep yourself safe, uh, and and on. I don't. Ah, uh, it, it's it's frustrating it's like a it's like a it's 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 just like a political brain freeze of just like ah like everybody should just be responsible for making decisions for yourself for your family if you don't feel comfortable with something then don't go don't do it if you feel comfortable with something then assume the risk okay and make sure the people that you're with assume the risk as well and and do what you're going to do. Everyone's going to do what they're going to do anyways. Don't do what you don't want to do and do what you're going to do. Okay? See, it's a combination of people should should always be responsible for their own lives, for their own safety and all of that. And sometimes the people who do the really stupid stuff, we just got to thin the herd every once in a while. We got to the, the, make sure the smart ones survive. And... That's, yeah. that's, that's what it comes down to sometimes. Yeah, I think I think uh, people go and lick sidewalks and go go to parties specifically with the intention of contracting COVID. Those are yeah. the people that, uh, if you get it, you it was quite literally your fault. But uh, people like me and Adam, we follow the rules because they're the rules. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it within reason. Yeah, I and I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave the house thinking, "Oh no, I might get COVID." I have to make sure that everything is constantly covered in uh, 97% alcohol, uh, hand sanitizer, so that I don't get COVID. I don't touch anything that anyone else has ever touched. Everybody, not everybody thought that this statement was uh, controversial. It's not. You cannot let COVID-19 dominate your life. You cannot let the fear of it dominate your life. That is not a controversial statement. Don't be stupid. Don't go try to get COVID. Don't go, you know, put yourself in situations where you think you're going to be in danger. Um, you know, be courteous to people who do think that it's a life-threatening, uh, you know, you're, you, you have a... There, there's literally people who think that if you catch it, you are destined to die. Like it, it is going to happen, which is not true. It's just not true. Okay. Does that mean that the risk is not real? No, it is real. Does it mean that it's not a real thing? It is a real thing. Okay. But you're not doomed. Okay. Go ahead and wear a mask. If you're in a place, a public place, go ahead and wear. don't, don't go, uh, jumping into crowds of people that you don't know. Okay. Don't go to bars and start and start drinking out of the same bottles that other people are drinking out of. Okay, don't do those things. Those, those are just bad practices. Your, period. Yeah, 
this is just bad practices. Period. You don't know what you're going to catch in a bar. Okay, <laughs> you don't know what you're going to catch in a bar. But and that's coming from your... two people who never get the flu shot. <laughs> yeah, well, but going to see your mom, going to see your father, going to see your brother, going to see your family, going to see your nephews, going to see your cousins. That's not on the list of, of irrational things. Those are normal human being things to do. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you as a normal human being should still continue to do those things. If you don't, if you, if you allow the fear of COVID-19 to dominate your life and, and start making you do things that are not normal human being things to do, then you are choosing to be, to, to be part of the people that are abnormally um, anxious about this abnormally feeling like your life is being threatened by these things. And if you start telling people that they cannot be within six feet of their own family, the people that come to celebrate with them over the holidays, if you start telling them that it's only going to further divide people in the sense that we talked about before, where if the only interaction we have each other is through a screen. And I say this kind of hypocritically. The only time I've seen Adam is through a screen for the past, what, two months. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's a divide. We don't talk as often. We talk uh, like once during the week and when we do these podcasts. It's like that pop that song, is... man. It's like that pop song. We don't talk anymore. Whatever. We don't talk uh... anymore. <laughs> but that, that's what it's going to come down to. Like when we're going to lose that social interaction. Do. That social interaction that we need <laughs> as communities, as people, as human beings. Yeah. So... I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen this holiday season. I honestly think that um, if if you really and I and I think we should we should end the podcast with this. If you really think that um, electing someone who's come from California, Kamala Harris, who actually agrees with the things that have been going on in California is a good idea, then don't be surprised when you have your freedoms taken away from you and your freedom of choice taken away from you um, on normal human being things like going to see your family or having a, your family a, come over. It's always been the argument of the difference between security versus freedom and uh, what California apparently has chosen in a landslide is security. And that's how we're losing the freedoms of not job uh, security. <laughs> no but people getting money for doing nothing and the people who need that money aren't getting it and yeah, it's, you, it's it's just a matter to of choose freedom every time okay yes. you have to choose and that's what i've done i choose i go to the store i choose freedom every time okay you see this i choose freedom every time <laughs> you you have to choose freedom every time you have to choose to choose uh consequence every time if someone makes a good decision, there's consequences for that. Good consequences. If someone makes a bad decision, there's consequences for that. You have to choose uh, personal. Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for, Andrew? Um, personal agency. Choice. Word, choice. Yeah. You you have to choose that every time, especially in America. Deregulating the government, deregulating the economy, deregulating these things. And what are you seeing in California? Everything is regulated absolutely everything right your own home gatherings are regulated now regulation family, government regulation you has, live with government regulation has entered your family and your home now so i i think that if you know 
if you think that it's the right choice to do that, by all means, vote in uh, the Harris-Biden uh, administration. By all means. But the same thing applies. All of the Californians that are leaving California because they can't afford to live there anymore, they're tired of losing their freedoms. All the people that are leaving for uh, financial gain, keep all that crap in California. If you're going to leave... I left California to get away from all that, and I understand, okay? I, I think Arizona is objectively better than California in many oh, regards. Yeah. Jo- Joe Rogan already said in his podcast, I just heard it the other day, he's like, all the people going to Texas, he's like, look, if you are gonna, co- if you want to come to Texas because of the low taxes, the low regulation, mm. you have the freedom to protect your family, you have the freedom to say what you want to say and do what you want to do, like if you want to come here and enjoy those things... That means that you got to vote a certain way. <laughs> Absolutely. It means you got to vote a certain way, and it may not be the vote you want to make. <laughs> me, me being here in Arizona, I understand that they are, it, it is the way that it is here because they are far more right leaning, they are far more conservative, and they, are, they protect freedoms rather than uh, enforce security. I want. I don't want that. I don't want California infecting Arizona. This yeah, is my safe yeah. haven. Let me <laughs> see. I think Californians can understand this. This is my. This is my safe space. But <laughs> see. But the, the the fact of the matter is, if you don't like your situation and you go to somewhere that has a better situation than you have, don't try and change it. Don't try and force them. Learn to be from it. Were. Learn yes, why. Learn from- you know. Learn from it. Yeah. We're, we're going to be talking a lot about voting in the next episode. Uh, I think because it's going to be right before the elections next week. Um, two or two weeks away from the elections, man. Two weeks away. Woo. We wanted to talk about the town hall meetings this episode, but we'll probably save that for next week. Yeah. And that we'll way we'll also be able debates. to add the yeah. debates. Yeah. So we'll save everything for that. We hope Over. you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. And, uh, you know, if you, uh, if you did, Give us a five-star rating and review. We've got a website, www.thecastbros.com. Um, we're both uh, active on uh, on social media for, uh, yeah, more so me. Um, I, I get myself into trouble sometimes. I'm on Occupy Democrats a little too much, and uh, I get into fights there. But, yeah, Don't we all? come play with me it's, if you want. It's really want. hard not to start a fight <laughs> on Occupy Democrats. Even but, if you're even if you're a Democrat, it's hard not to start fights on Occupy Democrats. Yeah. Well. Uh, anyways, uh, again, if you uh, did not watch this this uh, this episode and you just listened to it, you can go back and watch it on our YouTube channel, The Cast Bros. And a link to that is on our website. It is on our Instagram. So go ahead and follow us at The Cast Bros. And visit our website, www.thecastbros.com. And subscribe to our podcast so that you can be informed of when new episodes arrive. And until next time. Take care now. Bye-bye then. <laughs>